You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Team, welcome to the Freedom Hunt Friday edition of the Buck Sexton Show. Great to have you here with me, and we got much to discuss. You have a huge number of people, uh, illegal immigrants, under a highway overpass in the Del Rio section of Texas, and now... Guess what? They're trying to hide this from you. I'll explain in a moment. The border is a total mess. The federal government is cutting back on access to monoclonal antibodies for the state of Florida. Why would they do that? What the heck is that all about? Plus, you've got the right wing rally coming up that the libs are all freaking out about and and oh, so much more so. We'll dive into it. But, you know, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation helps us keep our commitment to never forget this year the foundation is honoring gold star and fallen first responder families with young children and catastrophically injured veterans and first responders with 200 mortgage-free homes think about what a difference that makes in the lives of our heroes and their families chairman and ceo frank siller is paying tribute to the fallen by walking from the pentagon to shanksville and on to ground zero more than 500 miles through six states in 42 days the month of august through 9 11 Towers of Light are to shine at the Pentagon and Shanksville Memorials in remembrance. The names of those we lost to 9-11-related illness are being read aloud at a ceremony on September 12th. And on Veterans Day, the names of those we lost in the war on terror will also be said aloud. Do good and help America to never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. All right, so here's where we are on... The border. I, w- I want to start with that today, although there's so much to talk about when it comes to COVID. Uh, the Biden administration is not even pretending that they want to do anything about the crisis at the border. The Biden administration is benefiting politically from this over the long run. And so they're willing to take the short term uh, political fallout from this, but not even really, because guess what they're doing now? They are banning drone flights over the area where 10,000 migrants, mostly Haitian migrants, not, oh, remember we were told it was Central America, they're fleeing because of the violence in Central America. What's, they're fleeing Haiti, why? What's the, what's the new event? They'll say, oh, it's an her- earthquake or there's something. No. In fact, I just spoke to someone yesterday whose organization has been interviewing some of these migrants in waiting, and a lot of them are Haitian by way of South America in their travels here. They have established lives. They're already refugees elsewhere, but they want to come into the United States because the border is wide open. That's what's actually happening here. They want to come into the U.S. because now's a good time, because they know that it is wide open. That's the whole point. It's not that they're fleeing some imminent violence. They're not refugees. They're illegal immigrants. Or if they were refugees, it was when they first got out of Haiti and got to South America or Central America. But now we're being told that a or a judge has decided that the uh, federal government can't use Title 42 to turn them away based on COVID or they're not turning them away based on COVID. This is a total mess. And remember, We have a situation here where our rights, our basic freedoms 
are under more sustained and egregious assault than they have ever been in my lifetime. I mean, I I can only speak to through my own existence. We have never seen the government engaged in so much overreach and so much blatant thuggish politicization of what are supposedly nonpartisan health measures and the bureaucracy around it. Friends, we have a we have a CDC that thinks it can tell you that you're not allowed to evict a squatter, basically, in a property that you own. Where does the CDC get the authority for that? Where, where does all this come from? The overreach is massive. Meanwhile, while all, while all this is going on, they don't care about the thousands and thousands of migrants who are coming across the border. Some of these places, the Donna facility, for example, which I've been down to where they're holding migrants, they have 15, 20 percent covid positivity ratings. So they've got a lot of people coming in with covid. That's just real. Now, you, you can tell me, oh, but Buck, there's so much covid out there and this isn't you know, this is just a drop in the bucket or something. That's not the attitude we take anywhere else about covid. We, we want people Testing every day in the workplace now, we're told. I mean, I don't want it, but that's what's going on. We want we want people to be engaged in all kinds of extreme mitigation behaviors with very limited upside. And if you don't do it, you're a bad person. By the way, they're looking right now at whether boosters are necessary or not. But if you argue that boosters are not necessary and you contradict the official guidance, they're going to say you're a bad person. How dare you? Right. This is the circumstance in which we find ourselves, friends. This is what is going on today. And it's just insane. It's just insane. They don't care. Uh, they don't care what's going on. They don't care about the fact that you can see there are different sets of rules for illegal immigrants. In fact, illegal immigrants get treated with a special care in many ways that Americans don't. They have the power. They're going to do it. OK, so that's one thing that I, I just want to put out. The borders wide open. Haitian migrants flooding into the country. It's not going to stop. The FAA is banning the drone flights because they don't want people to see. I mean, they literally don't want you to see what is going on because it just shows what a joke our border enforcement's become. Border patrol morales in the toilet. Everybody knows this is a mess. They're just trying to hide it from you. And then they're trying to slip right now in that massive multi-trillion dollar spending package. They're trying to slip an amnesty for millions of people. They're, they're changing the demographics of America by fiat, by pretending it's a budgetary issue. That's what they want to do. And we're not supposed to notice because people who show up who don't really speak English, who maybe don't have even the equivalent of a high school education are going to be more dependent on the state. That's just a fact by the numbers. They're going to enlarge the welfare state. By the way, that's actually how the Democrats are trying to put this in the budget bill. Oh, it's going to enlarge the regulatory administrative welfare state by having all these migrants. So that's why it's a budgetary issue. But if you say that out loud, they say, oh, that's racist. Well, no, they admit it. They just want to call people racist who call them out for the nonsense that they are doing right now in the Biden administration. Uh, so that's all going on. But what may be the, the even more troubling story right now, I don't know, actually, I don't know, they're both really troubling, but this is particularly egregious. 
Florida is on the other side of its COVID wave right now. This is a seasonal virus. The virus, if you were to look at a heat map, is moving up. It's moving northward. As places get colder, as more people are indoors, it is moving up. It's very entrenched in Oregon right now. Oregon has had its worst by cases, worst worst month of COVID ever. And then in Tennessee and in Kentucky, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of COVID right now. In Hawaii, there's a lot of COVID. It's going to hit the Northeast this winter. I, I, I'm pretty certain of that. Now, look, everybody has been. See, I'll actually admit sometimes. I've been off on the numbers, on the predictions here. Everyone has been. But generally speaking, I think I've gotten it right on that. It's on the policies and the next moves of the libs that I'm essentially always right. That's where I know exactly what they're going to do. But on the monoclonal antibody situation, this is stunning. You will recall that it was not long ago that Governor Ron DeSantis was being accused of inflating monoclonal antibodies because he had some kind of ownership stake in it or something like that. And guess what? That was a lie. Monoclonal antibodies for people who are already sick with COVID and get it early are a very effective therapeutic. Does not prevent infection, but helpful if you do get infected. And people obviously know this because they're showing up at monoclonal antibody treatment centers. And guess what the Biden administration is doing? Cutting Florida's monoclonal antibody supply by more than half. I just spoke to a high level official in the state of Florida about this. They are cutting monoclonal antibody treatment uh, supply in half for the state of Florida. Now, Jen Psaki is pretending that's not what's going on. I can tell you she's lying. Play it. That's not accurate. First of all, we are increasing our distribution this month by 50%. In early August, we were distributing an average of 100,000 doses per week. Now we're shipping an average of 150,000 doses per week. But over the last month, given the rise in cases due to the Delta variant and the lower number of vaccination rates in some of these states, like Florida, like Texas, just seven states are making up 70% of the orders. Our supply is not unlimited, and we believe it should be equitable. Our role as the government overseeing the entire country is to be equitable in how we distribute. We're not going to give a greater percentage to Florida over Oklahoma. Equity. Equitable. There's that term. You know what that means to libs, to leftists? Whatever I want to do is what's fair. Not what's legal, not what's ethical, not what's just. Equity is whatever we want to do. We get to say that's fair. Oh, isn't that interesting? Isn't that just fascinating? Why would they right now when Florida still has pretty high caseload, although it's hospitalization since August are down about 50 percent. Hospitalizations in Florida are way down. It's on the other side. This is what we keep seeing happening. Right. And what do the libs do? What does the Democrat media do? They when cases are high in some red states, oh, the stupid red states, the Trump voters, oh, they're such idiots. And they just ignore the blue states that are having a hard time. And then when things get bad in the blue states, they go lock down the whole country. Oh, my gosh. You know, and it's never there's never a focus on the politics of the inhabitants of any one state. What's going on here? 
We'll come back to this in just a second uh, because this cutting the monoclonal antibodies, it's like the federal government is trying to punish Florida for political reasons um, by denying people the access to medical treatment that they should have. That's what's going on. This would be like, think about it this way. The federal government, the Biden administration, when we thought, remember we thought we needed a million ventilators. We didn't think that, but that's what the government told us. Imagine if we really did need a lot of ventilators and there were tons of people on ventilators in Florida and it was a state that was going through a tough time. And the Biden administration said, we're going to cut your ventilator access in half because we think that's more equitable. We're going to hoard them into the Northeast and the California and the blue states in preparation for the winter surge that we kind of know is coming, but we don't want to admit yet. That's what's going on right now. That's what's happening in America today. Come back to it in a moment. Big tech monitors us, censors us, deplatforms us. Conservatives have been helpless to do anything about it until now. On Getter, you can talk with friends and family and express your political beliefs without fear of Silicon Valley liberals coming after you. Join Getter, the social media platform that supports free speech and opposes cancel culture. Getter is led by former Trump advisor Jason Miller, who saw what big tech did to President Trump and decided to fight back. Getter's the fastest growing social media platform in history with over 1.6 million users and growing, including Mike Pompeo, Steve Bannon, me, Buck Sexton, a lot of folks on there. Join Getter. It's in the App Store, the Google Play Store, and at Getter.com. G-E-T-T-R. Longer posts, longer videos, sharper and clearer pictures. And unlike the Silicon Valley oligarchs, Getter will never sell your data. Send a message today. Join Getter. It is time to cancel, cancel culture. So is the Biden administration cutting off monoclonal antibody um, to, uh, uh, to access? Because remember, the federal government said, oh, we're now in charge of this. We're in charge of monoclonal antibody access. And then they're saying, Florida, you're getting cut in half on this. Why? What is the rationalization? What is the reason for that? Well, here is... Uh, I saw someone calling her Little Red Lion Hood Saki uh, of Newsmax. Play three. He promised on September 9th that he was going to send 50% more supply of monoclonal antibodies to states. Yet, the Biden administration is cutting supplies in red states by 50%. So, for example, you know, in Florida, they were expecting to get 70,000 doses this week, which they say they need. They're only getting 30,000 doses. And this is not just for unvaccinated people. In South Florida, half the people who are seeking this treatment are fully vaccinated. So why is the Biden administration cutting these supplies? Why? Right. And that was that was the question that was posed to Saki. I played the Saki answer before, but you get the idea. Why is this going on? What's happening here? How can that make any sense when you're in the midst of they've all been saying Florida? Oh, my gosh, Florida. ever It's so terrible there. Friends, these people are deranged. These Democrats, they've lost their minds. They've lost their bearings. Really, Russia, Trump collusion, that lie they bought into that. And now they'll buy into other lies, too, because it's more important to them to evade the accountability for their intellectual and ethical failings over believing this crap than to face up to reality. They're not as smart as they think they are, not by a long shot. They're wrong a lot. And they're actually a bunch of petty totalitarians at heart. America now is a country with far too many hall monitors walking around saying, mask up, where's your mask? 
It's embarrassing. I honestly thought we were better than this as a country. And I know that half of us are, but half of us aren't. And maybe it's even a little more than half right now, which is the problem. I mean, what level of politicization are we really talking about here? All you have to do is go back and look at the history of the biggest vaccine advocates today for mandates, not just take the vaccine. Look, I I say it just so I go on the record, because sometimes the liberal come after you're anti-vax. I'm not anti-vax at all. I told my my parents who are in high risk age categories, go get that vaccine as soon as you can. It's worth it. That doesn't mean I think that it's perfect. It doesn't mean that I don't think it has side effects. But I do know that I didn't want my 73 year old dad who's, you know, got some got some mileage on him and, you know, he's in good shape and good health. But I didn't want him to play the odds on covid me. I was willing to play the odds. Right. Me not worried about it. But you can't even have these adult discussions anymore. And, you know, you can't because they'll have to admit how politicized they are in this whole process. I mean, here's Joy Reid, who's an astonishingly inept broadcaster. I mean, just I, I, I don't even know what to say. Well, actually, I do. I talk about it a lot. But anyway, here she is admitting that when Donald Trump was president, vaccines were bad. And then when when Joe Biden took over, vaccines were good. I, I understand the hesitancy. One. I mean, listen, I was hesitant when Donald Trump was out there controlling the CDC yes. and controlling the FDA and manipulating right. them and making them put out falsehoods. Anybody rational right. was hesitant. But the reality right. is now what we what I really fear is masses of more masses of people dying. Six hundred and sixty six thousand people have yes. died. And disproportionately, they look like you and me, Michael. And what yes. scares me is that people are creating a cultural imperative to set themselves up for death when the people pushing them to do it like Tuckums are vaccinated and safe. And even if they got COVID are going to get all the monoclonal antibodies, they could give a damn if Nicki Minaj gets COVID and dies. They don't care about us. We don't want anyone to die. What is wrong with these libs? They have to convince themselves that the other side, that our side are monsters. I don't want anyone dying from COVID, but I just deal with the reality of a lot of people have and some more will die from this. It is a pandemic. It's a virus. This is reality. They can't stop it. They thought they could, but they can't. And they're doing a lot of damage in the process. But the first thing we need to really come out of this is honesty. We need people to be honest. And to say that anyone likes COVID or wants COVID to spread, that's just reckless, vicious stupidity. This is what we're up against, though. This is the circumstance in which we find ourselves right now. Um, speaking of, uh, of health, Joe Biden is not exactly, not exactly the picture of you know, health and, and stamina these days, which is not surprising. And you know that I always feel like I don't, I don't want to spend time on this because sometimes I see Joe Biden and remember, I mean, my mom's dad, my grandfather on my dad's side was such a great, he was a World War II veteran, served uh, on the USS Bataan, was at Leyte Gulf in the Pacific and did so much good charity work as he, you know, throughout the years, so, helped so many people. There's a school named after him for uh, children with severe learning disabilities. A great guy. And I just remember in his final years, you know, we had to we had to take care of him. You know, we had to put a blanket over him or his knees and we had to help him move around. I mean, I remember, I mean, I didn't do much of it. It was my mom and her, and her siblings, but I remember seeing him in that state. And sometimes I see Joe Biden, I actually have... I have kind of flashbacks. I have moments of that. But here's the difference. 
we had the patriarch of my family on one side who was who was beloved and respected being taken care of by his loved ones in his final years as it should be joe biden's the commander in chief this guy's in charge of the united states government Sometimes I see him and I want to put a blanket over his knees and give him some crackers to feed the pigeons and maybe read him from read him a storybook or something. But he's the president. This is not the way it's supposed to be. And his health is obviously of legitimate public concern. And, he, you know, because he's too old for the job, folks. He's too old. There's too much mileage on this guy for this. Even Kelly O'Donnell at NBC asked about it. It's not a concern. We have a doctor who travels with him, uh, obviously, who checks in if, if there, it is ever warranted. Uh, and certainly that continues to be the case, uh, as it has been since the beginning of his presidency. Is there an explanation for why he coughs so frequently in situations like that? I'm sure you saw it. Uh, I did. I, I don't think it's an issue of concern. I think uh, there are a range of reasons why we may need to clear our throat or we may have a little light cold. Uh, and that's certainly something that presidents, elected officials, reporters, uh, spokespeople uh, can confront. But it's not an area where we have a medical concern. It's just being dishonest with you. I mean, we, we all we all know we all know that there are concerns, legitimate ones. Remember all the stuff they said they had psychiatrists doing analysis of Trump on TV. Remember that psychiatrists. Meanwhile, we can all see that Biden is just not in a place where he can really handle this anyway. Oh, then the there's some there's going to be some uh rally in dc libs are all going to freak out about this it's very straightforward people show up and they want to exercise their free speech rights and they want to talk about how people are held in solitary confinement for nonviolent crimes from january 6th well then that's the constitutional right that they have and that's fine right people break the laws we don't accept that you can't attack cops can't do bad things and if people say stupid things that i don't even know what they're going to say at this rally if they say dumb things at the rally i'll say they're saying dumb things i don't know but i'm also not spending a lot of time focused on this because there are more much much more important things going on but here's cnn's ashley allison referring to the people at this saturday rally as the taliban play nine there is just a disconnect with reality we know joe biden won the election and these folks are showing up because on january 6th there was a group of people who wanted to overthrow our government and did not believe what actually voters decided to do. And then they're coming back on Saturday to make the point uh, a second time. But the thing that is so disgusting to me is the same Republicans who will not condemn Saturday's attendees or the rally are the same ones blasting the Biden administration about Afghanistan. And when I look at the people who come on Saturday, I draw very close parallels to the Taliban. They are people who don't have respect for democracy. They are people who don't have respect for diverging ideas. Look, as far as I know, Matt Brainerd is the guy organizing this. He's like a very mild mannered, you know, nice guy. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, there's like the Taliban. No, there are people being held in solitary confinement for nonviolent crimes because it's essentially a it's political persecution of them at this point. And if the rally is just going to have people pointing that out, then then they're absolutely right. But of course, I have to be careful because what if if there are, you know, three moron, you know, white nationalists or something who show up, that's all the media is going to cover. And, you know, the way that they try to frame the narrative around a BLM riot, for example, versus this kind of this is a far right rally. I mean, I know Matt Brainerd. I've interviewed the guy before. He's not a white nationalist. He's not a scary guy. He's organizing this. And I'm just sure that you look, you got to be on the lookout for 
uh, agent provocateur, right? Uh, agents provocateur here. People that might want to get in there and discredit the whole thing. That's a you know false flag. That's very real. That does happen in situations like this. So anyway, CNN, though, is, of course, in total freakout mode about the whole thing because January, they think the January 6th insurrection justifies how much they hate everybody on the right. Everybody. Everyone's tainted by it in their minds because they're psychos. All right. Dusty writes, Buck, got to call it the Fauci ouchie on air sometimes. Keep up the good work on the EIB. Oh, by the way, please do send thoughts in for roll call. Facebook.com slash Buck Sexton or Team Buck and iHeartMedia.com. We're doing some roll call right now. Uh, And Dusty, thank you for writing in. Appreciate it. Sandra, I'd never heard of Zuby before. But I'm definitely a convert. Thanks for having him be your guest today. Sanders, Zuby is a really interesting guy, uh, a really interesting guy. And um, I hope that he continues to grow his following in just reasonable media. Not even it's not even just conservative or right wing or whatever. He's just a guy who has interesting thoughts and sees things for what they are. So I've been following his work for a while and I really appreciate what he brings to the table. So, yeah, Zuby, Z-U-B-Y, folks, if you don't know him, follow him on social media. Meg writes in, hey, Buck, had to write due to an interesting situation at my child's Catholic high school in Massachusetts. They started the school year off with a mask recommendation, but not a requirement. A few kids wore the masks, but the majority did not. It was parent choice. It was fantastic. The kids morale was through the roof to be able to breathe freely and almost feel normal. Then the positive test results started coming in fast and furious. There were about 60 quarantined due to being considered close contacts. So the mask requirement was put in place after two weeks of being mask free. The positive cases were not connected to an in-school outbreak. There were random positive cases among various students. This is what we were told. With indoor masking required, we'll be able to adopt the CDC close contact language for K-12 education. Classroom close contacts. An individual who is exposed to COVID-19 in the classroom while both individuals are masked, yada, yada, yada. If the kids are wearing masks, the kids will be able to stay in school, period. I don't know how to fight anymore. Sorry, there's a lot there, Meg. Uh, look, I, I really appreciate this and I, I sympathize with it. And, you know, it's it's easy for some it's easy for people who aren't facing mandates in their city or their state to be like, why don't you all just, you know, why don't, why don't you resist all of it? Well, not everyone can afford to lose their job right now. Not everyone can afford to take their kids out of school and put them somewhere else or has the setup, has the kind of flexibility where they could do homeschooling right away. You know, it's there are complications here. Right. The reason that it's effective to coerce people is because you're using leverage against them. It's not just like you're asking and then demanding. There's there's consequences to the coercion about masks in school and about vaccine mandates and all the rest of it. So, Meg, I really sympathize with you. I don't have an answer for you as to look at airplanes. I fly a fair amount um, and have during the pandemic and airlines are. Still the great Stasi enforcers of mask uh, mask policies and no one. I mean, you defy it. They take you off the plane and ban you forever from flying. No one gets away with defying that one. So it's, you know, some people are a little ostentatious with, well, you know, I live in this area and we're being we don't have to get the vaccine. Well, that's great. And I want that for everybody. But go go get on a plane and say you're not going to wear a mask and see what happens. And unfortunately, because about, you know, 60 percent of the country, it looks like, is so deluded with Fauciism, they go along with this stuff. Hannah writes in, I was so pleased to hear you briefly tackle the important issue of certain churches not following the Bible. How can they call themselves uh, churches and simultaneously support BLM 
and abortion narratives and the LGBTQ agenda. It's abhorrent. You mentioned doing a segment on this important issue in the future. Please do it. For non-religious people, it would be eye-opening. If an organization wants to support immoral organizations, fine. But it should never be done under the guise of a Bible-preaching church. It's time for Americans to actually read their Bible so they can spot imposters. Well, thank you, Hannah. I say this all the time. I'm, I feel very strongly about the pro-life movement. I feel very strongly about religious freedom and actually having that be a meaningful concept in America. But you talk about the pro-life movement in conservative media, believe it or not. And generally, the people tune out. They don't want to hear it. Ratings go down. And, you know, this is a business. And so there's a lot of people who they don't want to do it. They don't want to get it. Also, you get a tremendous amount of heat from the other side, but I could care less about that. But that, that kind of saddens me that if I talk about the pro-life movement, there are folks who agree with me ideologically. He go, man, I'm going to listen to the baseball game now. Really? I, I would like to think that that's less and less the case going forward. It's important, folks. I know if you're listening to me here, you know it's important. But I get onto bigger platforms and I have to worry about people tuning out and listening to, you know, oh, the, any, any day now, the, the Durham probe. Yeah, they're going to they've got some lawyer who's indicted, you know, big whoop. Uh, Derek, love the show. I've been listening to your show for about a year and a half, became a dedicated devotee of your trenchant analysis of current events. I was glad for you, but disappointed to lose you when you got Rush's slot. So I'm glad you're still doing this podcast. Love the Siege of Malta episode. I'm a big history, not too, particularly military history. You've mentioned Eugene Sledge's book with the old breed twice recently. You thought it might have been the inspiration for Band of Brothers, but that was Ambrose Bierce's book. Sledge's was the inspiration for the Pacific, also an HBO series, and features Sledge as a main character. Quite watchable. Shields high. Derek, first of all, thank you for listening. You're totally, absolutely correct. I confused Band of Brothers on the air and the Pacific. Both very good World War II HBO series. Band of Brothers obviously going on the Western Front in Europe. Uh, the Pacific is... Guess where? In the Pacific. And yes, uh, Eugene Sledge's book is the inspiration for the Pacific. So I've seen some episodes of the Pacific. Really, really good. I actually haven't seen Band of Brothers, so I might want to go back and check that one out. But anyway, that's going to be it for the Buck Sexton Show podcast today. Please do spread the word about this. Know that it's out in the morning. 30 minutes. Perfect for your commute. Perfect to catch up with later. And I I appreciate the reminder on the Siege of Malta. I think I might just do that this weekend. Get the second one done. If you haven't, you can go listen. We'll put them both out together so you can have them both right next to each other. That's it for today, team. Back with you on Monday. Shields high.